Let's continue in worship as we hear the word of God. In Matthew chapter 27, verses 62 through 66 say, Now on the next day, the day after the preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered together with Pilate and said, Sir, we remember that when he was still alive, that deceiver said, After three days I am to rise again. Therefore, order for the grave to be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples come and steal him away and say to the people, He has risen from the dead, and the last deception will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard, go, make it as secure as you know how. And they went and made the grave secure, and along with the guard, they, sent, they set a seal on the stone. And continuing with the first 17 verses of chapter 28. Now after the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to look at the grave. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled away the stone and sat upon it. And his appearance was like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. And the guards quaked from fear of him and became like dead men. And the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who has been crucified. He is not here. For he has risen, just as he said. Come, see the place where he was lying. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. And they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to report it to the disciples. And behold... Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up, up, came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and report to my brothers to leave for Galilee, and there they will see me. And now while they were on their way, behold, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priests all that had happened. And when they had assembled with the elders and took counsel together, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers and said, You are to say, His disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if this is heard before the governor, we will win him over and keep you out of trouble. And they took the money and did as they had been instructed. And this story was widely spread among the Jews and is to this day. But the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Good morning, church family. I I have been so eager uh, to be with you on this Resurrection Sunday morning to celebrate my Savior's resurrection from the dead. Uh, 
My sin is forgiven. Can you say that? I have life, eternal life, because of the work of my king for me. It's not to do with me, it's to do with him. The angel said he is not here at the tomb. He is risen, just as he said. And I have been squeezing those few words, just as he said, uh, for a while now. And so that means you are too. Uh, for the next little while now, going to squeeze those words. And you know, I, I, I sometimes wonder how, how, how much brighter even our lives might be if we remembered um, more quickly and rightly all that he has said. How, how would life be different, do you suppose, if our biggest fears, do you have fears? If our biggest fears were met with the awareness of his strong, favorable presence, just as he said, lo, I am with you always. Always. How would your life be different, do you suppose? If the weight of your own sinfulness, do you ever feel that? And maybe even an attack from the enemy who says, you know, God is just sort of disappointed with you all the time. What what if all of that was met with the realities of his unconditional love for you? Just as he said, I have called you friends. Are you a friend of Jesus? You You have a sense of that? I wonder, how would Christ's church change do you suppose if our outwork, outlook were less informed by current events, if our feelings about those events were, were subordinate to the reality of our king's imminent return, he's coming again, our risen savior. Just as he said, the son of man is going to come in the glory of his father with his angels and he will then repay each one according to his deeds. Just as he said, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, you will be also. I don't know about you, but I've been reading. How blessed am I? I am someone who has been able to read the word of God most of my life. What a privilege that is. And I have had... um, I don't know, four or five decades of, of scripture uh, exposure. As you know, I'm a very young person. And I've, I've had um, four or five or six different Bibles in, in my lifetime. Some of them, the, the words of my Savior in red. And, and the thing of it is, folks, is I'm still prone to forget what he said. Are you? And what a help it is to me. And I pray it will be for you as well this morning to turn to Matthew's account of the empty tomb. We're in Matthew 28 now. And, and, and be reminded that I serve a living, risen Savior uh, because he's risen just as he said. And that means uh, all that he has said is real and reliable and ready to be energized by faith and put to work in my life as a child of God. He is not here, for he has risen, just as he said. 
So this morning our aim is simple. Um, we'll, we'll consider three aspects of the resurrection. Uh, most of us can remember three things, unless we've been sent to the store, right? Then we're in big trouble. Um, no, Ma- Matthew gives us um, the facts of the resurrection. We, we don't want to miss that. The facts of the resurrection. And, and Matthew shows us faith in the resurrection, saving faith in the resurrection, this grace from God, and then um, the future in light of his resurrection. So let's just look at these opening verses together. Matthew 28 and verse 1, it says, Now after the Sabbath, as it began uh, to dawn toward the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to look at the grave. And behold, there was an earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled away the stone and sat upon it. And his appearance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards quaked from fear of him and became like dead men. And the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who has been crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, just as he said. Come see the place where he's lying. And and go quickly and tell his disciples. I got excited, excited. I read ahead, didn't I? This is good stuff here. He's risen. Think about this, though. On the morning of our Lord's resurrection, there were two great quakings, Matthew says. There, there, uh, the earth quaked at the arrival of um, heaven's warriors to unseal the tomb of God, the eternal Son, their commander and creator. That's who Jesus is, by the way. That's the first quaking. The second quaking was the world's toughest, best-trained soldiers, Roman soldiers, quaked in their sandals, swords and shields rendered irrelevant, shocked at the presence of a power they'd no clue existed. Two quakings. The facts are these, says Matthew. Those stupefied soldiers had been stationed at the tomb at the insistence of the Jewish chief priests and Pharisees who who well remembered Jesus saying, after three days, I am to rise again. They remembered that. The chief priests were Sadducees that didn't even believe in resurrection. The Pharisees did, and therefore they hated the Sadducees. And the Sadducees hated the Pharisees. It was a mutual thing. But they're united in this, their hatred for Jesus. And and they've joined forces uh, to convince the Roman governor Pilate that this tomb must be sealed by Rome and guarded by armed men who know that to fail in their duty of observing this body is to be court-martialed and put to death. The facts are these. Christ's enemies will always exert themselves to deny the resurrection. That's happening still today, isn't it? 
You live in a world that no longer whispers this. It shouts at you. You don't believe in all of that stuff, do you? Life after death and all of that. Heaven, eternal judgment in hell. You, you really believe that your daily life right now matters for eternity? How interesting that Christ's enemies, says Matthew, were quicker to remember what Jesus had said than his own disciples. Don't miss that. The world today is happy to remember and misapply the words of God the Son. You know what that's like. Judge not lest you be judged. Oh, the watching world knows that one just fine, doesn't it? The world remembers that one and and insists that... um, you know, you Christians, you really need to start believing as we do that, that, that up is down and, and, and girls can be boys and, and men can be moms and, and truth is relative after all. We've, we've already printed the bumper stickers and you can have your truth and I can have my truth and, and the world's a better place if you just leave it that way. Don't be surprised and don't be discouraged when Christ's word is used wrongly when it's contorted to insist that fantasy is fact. This morning we we, we look through the lens of Scripture to the fact of the empty tomb. And the fact is this, Christ's enemies will always be powerless to keep his people from the realities of the resurrection. Don't, Don't worry about that, you who know Jesus. A sealed, guarded tomb is opened without human agency. An angelic messenger proclaims Jesus living, risen, just as he said. Now, I got a head start on you, but let's look at verse 5. And the angel answered and said to the women, do not be afraid. What a curious encouragement that is. For I know that you are looking for Jesus who has been crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, just as he said. Come see the place where he was lying. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead. And behold, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I've told you. And they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy. And ran to report it to his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. The facts accompanying these two quakings, says Matthew, are an empty tomb and a risen, living, speaking Jesus. And we, and we can go to John's gospel and and. Realize that Jesus spoke to Mary first. This is Mary Magdalene, um, from whom Jesus had cast out seven demons. How deep do you suppose her love was for Jesus? Do, do Do you think she recognized his voice? Overwhelmed by grief and bewilderment, though, she actually thought he was the gardener says John in his gospel, until he spoke her name. 
Mary. You know, there's something about your own name spoken by the one you love most, spoken by one whom you know loves you. You tend to recognize that voice, don't you? And so it was with Mary. And, and, and what was it that Jesus had said? My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I, I, I wonder this morning, have you, have you heard his voice? In the quiet of your heart, have, have you heard his voice? You recognize the voice of this Jesus who is risen just as he said. Well, those are the facts. The, the, the facts of the resurrection. Expecting to see death, the disciples see life. The invitation to see the empty tomb is extended to those who, who, who saw the body deposited there. So the opening of the tomb is for their benefit, not Jesus. He's already ascended. He's already risen. How generous is our God to open eyes, to, to enable spiritual sight. I pray, Lord, do that now among us. Give us eyes to see. Give us a heart to believe in this Jesus who is risen, just as he said. And you say, well, wait a minute now. No, no one actually saw him rise. And if, if you're in the chapel right now, you're thinking, that, that's, I'm not thinking that at all. I know, but you should see it on some of the faces in here. There are people thinking this. And let me just say, in love... No, no one watched you form in your mother's womb either. And yet here you are. And, 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 and no one sees your thoughts as you're confronted with the fact of the empty tomb. But you're thinking. And surely no one sees or hears your conscience. But I pray it's speaking to you now. Are you listening? The facts of the resurrection, says Matthew, are an empty tomb and a risen Jesus. Now, notice with me in verse 9, faith in the resurrection. Faith in the resurrection. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. They came up and took hold of Jesus' feet and worshipped him. These women take hold of the feet that still bear the scars of Jesus' gruesome crucifixion. These feet had, had just been pierced through with nails. These feet were raked raw from Jesus' struggle to, to lift himself up on the cross so he could draw another breath as his body fought asphyxiation. But he'd still had the strength to cry out for his people, Father, forgive them. How strong are the feet of Jesus to stand against such an onslaught for love's sake. For love's sake. 
See how much he loved you. This Jesus. And these feet stood on that cross until with his last breath he cried, It is finished! The sin debt owed to the Father for my people's sin has been paid in full. And these feet stood where no others could. Strong and unyielding between the wrath of Almighty God and you. You who believe. How strong was the grasp of these feet, do you suppose? I wonder this morning, friend, have you taken hold of this Jesus by faith? Do do you own him now as your Savior and your God? How precious are the feet these dear women are clinging to? These are the feet born from heaven to step into humanity, to step into time, to redeem God's people and God's world from sin. These are the feet that only and always walked on paths of righteousness for you and for me. These are the feet that walked on water. These are the feet that walked toward lepers and whores and sinners, people like us. These are the feet that walked all over Satan who who dared to tempt him in the wilderness to veer from his father's business. These are the feet that ran swiftly to do the will of the father. Just as was planned in eternity past, all the way to Calvary when all others ran away. I wonder, will you, will you take hold of this Jesus this morning? Will, will, will you grasp him by faith? This Jesus who died and was buried and is now raised from the dead, just as he said, just as he said, You know, that in and of itself is an act of worship. He's still listening. Every time you step out in faith, you act in faith, you worship, you declare the worth of this Jesus who is our risen king. Now let me just say, lest faith be misunderstood among us this morning. I want to clarify something. Um, Others attested to the reality of Jesus' resurrection yet did not have saving faith in him. We just read that. And we're not going to blow past that. Facts alone do not make faith. Don't miss that. A vast chasm separates those who attest to gospel facts about Jesus while their hearts remain alienated from him. Saving faith is more than nodding your head in agreement to some facts about Jesus. As as important as that is, don't misunderstand me. You might think of it this way. 
whether you're sitting in here or in the chapel or out in the hallway there or at home. I mean, you, 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 you had faith that that chair would hold your weight. But I mean, you really acted on it when you sat down, right? This is not complicated. Saving faith has skin in the game. It's a spirit-enabled act of glad surrender to Christ as King and Savior. Notice the difference. Look at verse 11. Now, while they were on their way, behold, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priests all that had happened. And when they had assembled with the elders and took counsel together, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers and said, you are to say, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if this is heard before the governor, we will win him over and keep you out of trouble. And they took the money and did as they'd been instructed. And this story, says Matthew uh, to his first readers, was, was widely, widely spread among the Jews and is to this day. Matthew letting his first uh, readers, Jewish Christians, the early church, know hey, there's a reason why you keep hearing this thing. Even in the face of irrefutable evidence, agreed upon evidence, there is yet rebellion. Apart from grace, man's blinders remain on. And think of this. How would those guards know that Jesus' body had been stolen away, as they were supposed to tell people, if they had been asleep. That's not even a good lie. Man, that's a crummy story. That's like a rookie lie, right? There is no good lie, by the way. Um, rigorously trained, battle-tested Roman soldiers fall asleep on the job, knowing that to do so meant their court-martial and execution? That, that stretches credibility. But that was the story they came up with. Why? Because Jesus had risen, just as he said. And, and, and what of those soldiers themselves? Well, they, they testified to all that had actually happened. Don't miss that. But then they were bought off. They're paid to lie and keep on lying and keep on living lies day after day after day to save their own skins and pad their own wallets. And my, how the world has not changed a bit. How strong a force is man's self-interest apart from grace? How self-protective men and women like us are apart from grace. Do you see how the enemies of Christ scramble and conspire to silence the veracity of all that he has said? This world has a king whose name is Jesus, just as he said. And the world says to the church today, we do not want this man to reign over us. The king is reclaiming his world even now, one heart at a time. Repent, believe in the gospel. Well, you know, 
These days there is no king. And we mostly just do what seems right in our own eyes. The king is returning soon to judge the living and the dead and reign with his people forever. Just as he said. I don't want to talk about that. Preacher, it seems like your time's about up. What burdens my heart, friend, is that in God's economy, your time's about up. And there is a day certain when this Jesus will judge. Will you know him as judge or savior? That's the burden of my heart this morning. You see, faith in the resurrected Christ is not merely attesting to some facts. Though that is a vital component of the new birth. Saving faith is always accompanied by joy and glad surrender and worship. It's a wonderful grace of God. So they took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Let me tell you, says Matthew, the facts of the resurrection. An empty tomb, a risen, living, speaking, touchable Jesus. Those are the facts. Let me show you, says Matthew, true faith, saving faith in the risen king. See how the faithful cling to him and gladly surrender to him and worship him. And they will continue worshiping him the rest of their lives, however imperfectly, just as he said. Are you hearing this? Listen, where are you on the spectrum that is suggested in Matthew's account of the empty tomb? Doubting? Disregarding? Detesting? Delighting? Now, says Matthew, as he, as he nears the end of his gospel, let me encourage you about your future in light of the resurrection. And this is really the beginning of the message, isn't it? Last week, uh, I, I just went again through Matthew's gospel and just looked for all that Jesus had said. And because I love you, I'm not going to give you all of what I found uh, but, but, I, but I will just suggest that that would be time well spent for any of us to be refreshed in what Jesus has said. But I, I, I got the easy stuff, and you guys can get the more difficult stuff in your private time. Look, look at verse 16. It says, But the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated, and when they saw him, note that, they worshipped him, but some doubted. So just seeing even for some was not enough. But I want you to notice they saw him. Death is no match for the power of God. Did you know that? In a culture that tries so hard to not even think about death, I don't know how many euphemisms we have for death so that we don't have to face death. And yet, near as I can tell, 100% death rate among people. Death is no match for the power of God. 
Do, do you know this God who is Jesus, who is crucified and buried and risen just as he said? Matthew has already told us in his gospel of an earlier earthquake, hasn't he? The earth shook and the earth shuddered when God the Son gave up his life for sinners at Calvary. Listen to Matthew 27. And the tombs were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they entered the holy city and appeared to many. Now, admit it, that's a sentence which the first time you read it, you would bet, what? Seriously? Seriously? Death is no match for the power of God. Better yet, Jesus' resurrection assures God's people that eternal life awaits just on the other side of this gateway we call death. The Jewish Sadducees were so sad, you see, because they didn't believe in resurrection. Listen to Jesus correcting them. You are mistaken, not understanding the scriptures nor the power of God. Now let me just say, that's not what you want to hear from Jesus. You are mistaken not understanding the scriptures nor the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. But regarding the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was spoken to you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob? He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. Yes, there is a resurrection to eternal life. Abraham and Isaac and Jacob are not dead. They're alive now in the presence of God. Just like the saints who have gone before us in recent weeks. And one day they'll have resurrected bodies just as All who are in Christ will one day have new bodies fit for eternity. How many of you look forward to a new body? And by the way, if if you go back and read that that passage in, in your spare time, which I commend to you, don't get hung up on the marriage stuff. The relationship you have with your believing spouse in eternity will be different and infinitely better than, than your marriage is now. Um, don't say anything about that. Just leave it right there. And um, th- th- there's no need or purpose for marriage in eternity, okay? And please don't go thinking that you're to become an angel with wings and, a, and your own harp on the clouds and all of that stuff. That's a cartoon. That's, that's a Hallmark card. That, that is not the word of God. You're going to be you. You're going to be a glorified, perfected you forever. Just as he said. Just as he said. What else can be said of the future in light of Christ's resurrection? How about this one? The victory of Christ's church is assured. You read the articles that came out just last week. The brightest minds on the planet in terms of sociology proclaiming the church in America is on its way out. 
and and the church globally is dying off because the the biggest um, belief system on the planet right now they say is um, atheism and and agnosticism and um, here's what Jesus says I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overpower it I'm going to go with that this relentless onslaught then of falsehood and persecution and unbelief that is the strong current that God's people swim against right now it will not prevail don't think that and for Jesus sake don't Live as if that is so. The church will prevail. The church will endure. The church will triumph just as he said. What else? How about this? Because he is risen, just as he said, you who believe in him, your your sin really is forgiven. And you say, well, man, I'm I'm just trying to embrace that. Stop trying. Embrace it. Well, I just, I just can't get my head around that. You see, I can't forgive myself. You don't have the authority to forgive yourself. God the Son says it's finished. If you're trusting in Him, it's finished. Are you clinging to Him? Are you clinging to your own ability to forgive yourself? You're not very good at it. I don't know about you, but I, w- I was so encouraged by the words of Jesus that we remembered on Friday night as we took um, the bread and the cup of communion. And, and I was so encouraged and overjoyed um, that I forgot that I was supposed to sit down while we were singing as the, the elements were being passed out. And, that, and, and I, I saw your glances, but... <laughs> And the thing is, is if you're standing up here and you can't remember the words, it's, it's just, it's watermelon, watermelon, watermelon. People think you're singing. But, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I couldn't stop looking at so many of your happy faces because you're sinners who delight that your sin is forgiven. And it's all the work of Jesus. This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. He is risen, just as he said, so your sins are forgiven. Jesus will return one day. You ever think about that? Jesus will return one day visibly, bodily, in power and great glory and judgment Just as he said, for the Son of Man is going to come in the glory of his Father with his angels and will then repay each one according to his deeds. Jesus came the first time in humility, the suffering servant. Jesus came the first time in in, in relative obscurity. Jesus will come again in majesty and clarity. No one's going to miss the memo. He He will come in great power unrivaled for all to see. Matthew 24, Jesus says, just as the lightning comes from the east and appears even to the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. And you know, the watching world says to the believer, how can that be? Don't you realize, friend, that this world is as dark as it's ever been? 
Listen, do you realize that the kingdom of heaven grows at the same time evil around it in the world grows? So, so don't buy the notion that hardship and suffering and persecution will stop as the kingdom grows. Right now they grow together, just as he said. But one day, one day, all this tribulation will be over. Listen to the words of Jesus. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, and the stars will fall from the sky, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, note that, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. Now, why would the watching world mourn? I was thinking about this. Do you have time for a quick story? Um, It's coming anyway, but I just want to know where you stand on it. Um, I was reading the other day that um, scientists are very excited because they found a new strain of trapdoor spider. Did you see this? Out in the jungle someplace. And so scientists are flocking to the jungle to see this trapdoor spider, which I don't think is wise. Anyway, I, mean, I would run out of the jungle. But, but you notice in the text I just read, the word of God, nobody's scrambling to behold the wonder of the cosmos being reordered. Why is that? Why, why is there mourning in a world full of people all jazzed up about a trapdoor spider? For the same reason those Roman soldiers fell to the ground in Gethsemane when Jesus just turned to them and said, I am he. For for the same reason they fell to the ground when the angels appeared to unseal the tomb so the disciples could see what had happened. Who can stand in the presence of heavenly power, let alone heaven's king? They will mourn and, and not be consoled because they've rejected God's own son, the king of kings, who died in order to reconcile to himself people just like them. But they blow him off in unbelief. And now it's too late. And, and you might be here this morning thinking, well, surely that's, that's, that's well off into the future if it's true at all. And we, we've, we've got uh, plenty of time to sort this all out. When, when will it all happen? The Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do, do not think he will, says Jesus. Well, what do we do in the meantime? Jesus says, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be proclaimed in the whole world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Church, please, please hear this. Do do you, in light of the word of God we've just heard, do, do you realize how silly it is for us to spend our time debating with our friends the, the, the really fine points of, of biblical prophecy? the minutiae of biblical prophecy. Who's the Antichrist? Is is it Putin or the Pope? 
Because I heard both. And then this mess in Israel right now with the court system and all of that. And um, how long can that fellow hang on before he's out of office and has to... Um, is that in the Bible? Careful. COVID vaccine. Is that the mark of the beast? And if it is, was it the first shot or the ninth booster? I mean, which one was it? And the thing of it is, it isn't that, it, that we ought not have opinions about such things. I find that I have opinions about stuff I don't even care about. But listen, um, quick opinions in order. Who cares? We don't know. And no. What sign of the end of the age should God's people be most attentive to? Thank you. The one sign that Jesus gave that falls into the realm of the church's responsibility is that the gospel be proclaimed to your neighbor and my neighbor and the nations. Really? How, how can we be sure? In a world of uncertainty, how can we be sure? Well, it's, it's, it's just as he said. Heaven and earth will pass away. But my words will not pass away. Do you see why this wonderfully empty tomb matters so much to you, Christian? My sin is forgiven, just as he said. Is yours? Eternal life is assured, just as he said. Do, do you have that assurance? The church really does march on victorious, just as he said. Are, are, are you part of that? Evil, wickedness, sin, rebellion, unbelief, one day will be stopped and punished, just as he said. And your life of faith and obedience to the king will be rewarded eternally, just as he said. So I can aim my life and so can you in the direction of living for Christ and proclaiming his gospel because it really is the will of God for us just as he said. And, and, and that's really how. Um, you still with me? Because we're just about done. I mean, don't, don't let in now. Um, that, that, that's really how Jesus left it with his first disciples. Look at verse 18. He says, uh, it says, Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to keep all that I commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. How precious is this? That, it, that as you and I, believers, Go about in this wide world proclaiming Christ and, and, and living for Christ as his grace enables us to. Every day approaching this glorious finish line, we do so in the strong authority of Jesus Christ. And how many of you know there is no higher authority than that of Jesus' authority? And we do so with the favorable 
presence that is assured of our God and King. How, how, how can we know any of this? Because, because he's risen, just as he said. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the empty tomb planned in eternity past, provided by the work of our Savior and King Jesus, empowered by you, Holy Spirit, and I pray, God, by your Spirit that you would open eyes of faith among us this day. I pray that by your spirit, God, you would change hearts, soften hearts this day. And Lord, I pray that you would energize your people, beginning with me, to keep our gaze on the finish line. Lord, to make it our aim to make much of you for your glory while you give us time to do so. And Lord, help us to live in light of this glorious eternity that is promised to us. And we know it's so because you've risen just as you said. We pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen.